Welcome to It Just Makes Sense, a podcast by two easily distracted, higher educated, former lovers that explores all the unpopular opinions, conspiracy theories, and cult leaders that make you want to scream, It It Just just Makes Sense. sense. I'm Sam Smith. And I'm Jeff Seifert. And on this week's episode, we're exploring another buffalo case. Yeah, yeah, the bill make me want to shout. This is again suggested by one of our big time fans, Lynette Williams. Thank y'all for the suggestions. This case is so fucking wild. Really? Yeah, it's so interesting. So, guys, we're talking about the crazy career in life of Dr. Anthony Pignataro. Dun, dun, dun. I just can't believe I had never heard of it before. I didn't remember it when she said it, but I when she said the name, it, like, rang a bell. Okay. Like, it sounded familiar. But after no, I, until I, knew I started to look at it a little bit, I, I didn't really knew know nothing. So most of this information comes from Oxygen's episode of License to Kill, as well as a lot of articles from the Buffalo News. But there was no Wikipedia page on him. Really? Like about the case or what happened or what he did. That's wild. Isn't that crazy? Do you think I should have wrote one? Yes. Damn. I didn't think about that. Do you get money for that? No. So no. But I also just think it's wild that it was not written because Anne Rule wrote an entire book about this. Who's she? The the crazy lady who was writing all the true crime cases. Uh, she wrote an entire novel called The Last Dance, Last Chance. How have we not heard about this? That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? No. So here's what I could find out about Dr. Pignataro's early life. Okay. I shouldn't even call him that. Tony Pignataro. I'm not calling him doctor anymore. <laughs> Okay. He was born in Buffalo, New York, and he attended Lehigh University in Pennsylvania, as did one of our close friends, Chris. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and he was a pre-med student hoping to become a doctor in the footsteps of his father, a well-known surgeon in Buffalo, Ralph Pignataro. Never heard of him. Me neither. After being rejected multiple times from domestic medical schools for admission, Anthony ended up attending medical school in San Juan Bautista School of Medicine in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Okay. Um, just an FYI, yeah. I would think that would be considered domestic because Puerto Rico is part of the country. Well, at the time, was it? When did it become part of the United States? Like know. recently, We're, right? No, not that recently. Oh. Uh, like, Uh, Well, it wasn't considered domestic. I think that's foolish, but keep going. (laughs) It was during this time in school that Anthony met Deborah Rago, and the couple married in 1985. They went on to have two children together, a boy and a girl. They don't really mention much about his children, though. Puerto Rico became a U.S. territory in 1917. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Fuck off, honestly. (laughs) So I couldn't find where Dr. Pignataro started working right after medical school, all of the information online kept saying just like a local New York hospital as a surgeon. However, a lot of Tony's coworkers were not impressed with him. Okay. What were they? They thought he didn't know much about fucking medicine at all. They were like, who is this jabroni off the street? <laughs> jabroni. What a throwback. WWE <laughs> style. So- Can you smell what the rock is cooking? <laughs> So after a few short years, um, though, Anthony moved on to open his own plastic surgery practice in West Seneca. Mm. He was only able to do this because in the late 1990s, he invented the snap-on toupee for men. So 
what it was so he himself had started going bald at 23 and he wanted to create a long-term solution to this problem but like it sounds insane and painful why so the snap-on toupee involves surgically implanting titanium sockets into the skull no, no. and securing gold snaps onto the socket. So literally, you're just like snapping on a piece of hair that's sewn together to the gold snaps. So no. you snap it on and off your skull. No, thank you. I will say I okay. gladly bald. You want to hear the craziest story? I said to my hairdresser while I was getting my hair done the other day, sup, Deb, but I said, Deb, have you ever heard of Dr. Pignataro? And she goes, oh my God, when I was an apprentice at a local hair studio, I won't say where, they made her, she had to cut his hair. Pignataro? Pignataro's hair. And I said, what do you mean? And she goes, well, I was like new. And they said, you have to do this guy's hair. And when I went up there, he unsnapped the toupee from his head. Shut and she was like, and up. I saw the rods in his skull. And I was like, you are lying. She goes, I swear to God, I didn't know what to do. Really? <sighs> I said, will you come on the podcast? She said, no. Why? People hate us. Isn't that crazy? I just met a guy not too long ago who just got a toupee. Really? Yeah. I didn't think they were like, I didn't think people still do it. How do they stay on though? Do they glue it like a wig? Yes. Okay. (laughs) So he had like some hair so he had plenty of hair around the side. Yeah, yeah, And then he had like sparse hair on the top yeah. and they shaved it. Okay. And then he was fitted and they made it out of real hair. I Does it have... look good? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the color matches, but you could see like the little plastic piece of it. No. I was like, Mm-mm. he said he had to have it reapplied twice because like he must sweat a lot. Oh, so the, really? Yeah. So, because like girls' wigs look good, I know. Interesting. You need some tips from a drag queen, honestly. Those bitches will make it hide. Ugh. So between this, like the snap-on toupee and his plastic surgery practice, his family was doing well. I can't like. That's mind blowing to me. How are those things a big seller? That sounds so painful. I guess if you're very bald, you want it. Okay, I'm very bald and I have no (laughs) desire. Well, anyways, Tony and his toupee and red Ferrari could be seen seen driving all around West Seneca. All right? Could you imagine, like, you go home with him one night from the bar and he just snaps his toupee (laughs) off? Or, like, you're playing with his hair and it just pops off? I can't. No. So, but what was really happening behind the doors of his practice? Tell me. For Terry Lamarty, it was a living hell. So for her 39th birthday, Terry Lamarty's husband, Ned, gifted her with her dream present. Tits? A gift certificate for liposuction. Oh, hey, that's a good husband right there. And before people get all hot and bothered about a husband gifting liposuction, I would literally cry tears of joy if Cameron gave me that. I know you would. What a great gift. So thoughtful. Like I would marry him all over again. (laughs) (laughs) So during her initial consultation with Dr. Pignataro, Terry said she felt completely comfortable and calm with him. He was super charismatic and he put her right at ease. In June of 1997, Ned dropped Terry off for her liposuction appointment at 8.30 a.m. And what followed was the most excruciating pain Lamarty had ever experienced in her life. Mm. After taking a handful of pills, Lamarty was brought to the quote-unquote surgery center, which was the basement located down two flights of stairs, which is a far cry from the sterilized operating room she expected. 
The last thing Lamardi remembered was audibly moaning, and when she woke up hours later at 5 p.m., she was in the waiting room fully dressed. Ned picked her up, and when she got home, there was so much blood pouring down her legs that her daughter had to soak it up with a mop. Jesus Christ, why didn't they take her back to take her to the emergency room? So, Lamardi had 18 to 22 staples across her stomach, but the surgery incisions had not been closed. Oh, my God. So, Terry called Dr. Pignataro concerned about the amount of blood coming out of her and the unclosed incisions, and he told her that the blood was actually excess surgery fluid and nothing to worry Come about. Come on. She should just rest and he would check in with her in the morning but the longer terry waited the more pain she was in and her husband rushed her to the er it was there that the doctors discovered that during the procedure her intestines had been nicked oh my god and terry was fighting off a brutal infection the sutures that were placed had cut off all blood supply to her abdomen causing it to rot she was left with a f- with a four-inch hole that was half an inch deep, and she spent the next few days recovered in the hospital with medication and IV treatment. Jesus fucking Christ. That was like all in a matter of hours? Hours. While still admitted, she was woken up one night around 2.30 a.m., and her visitor was none other than Dr. Pignataro, uh. who was holding her chair and screaming at her, telling her to go home. Nurses quickly intervened and had him leave the hospital, and Lamardi was discharged days later. Wow. Now, there was never a formal investigation into this. Seriously? Or after this. She didn't press charges or anything? No, and it wasn't until 1997, two months later, that first responders were called to his office due to a patient in distress. That's crazy to me that she didn't file charges or sue I think she did once... This came out. So I think she came forward and like as part of a court case against him in the murder of this next person. Okay. So the victim was 26-year-old mother of two, Sarah Smith, who was undergoing a breast augmentation when she went into a state of cardiac and respiratory arrest. When emergency crews arrived, Dr. Pignataro was attempting to create an airway for Smith using a coat hanger. Get out of fucking town. Although paramedics were able to revive Smith using CPR, by the time they arrived at the emergency room, she slipped into a coma and later died. Wow. I used to watch... Did you ever watch Nip Talk? No. I used to watch that. I heard it's really good. It was really good. Hmm. And there was um, like a bad plastic surgeon on it. Oh, really? And I wonder if it was modeled after this guy. Yeah, right? Stunned by the scene, the fire department reported Dr. Pignataro's practice to local police who followed up with the surgeon about the procedure. He claimed that during the routine trans-umbilical breast augmentation, Smith stopped breathing, and so he performed CPR and gave her a lidocaine shot. When that failed to resuscitate her, he said that he had his staff call 911. Dr. Pignataro then ended the interview telling investigators he had to see a patient. And when the autopsy report came back, it revealed that Smith had died from asphyxia due to improper ventilation during the anesthesia procedure. For layman's terms, the oxygen levels got so low that it basically caused her heart to stop. Uh, fuck. The toxicology report also determined that Dr. Pignataro had mixed together sodium pentothal and Versed, two medications that relax the body during surgery. The dosage Smith received was so high that it caused her to no longer breathe on her own. So he had no fucking clue. No idea. No, it was also during this investigation, it became known that to widen his profit margin, Dr. Pignataro skimped on overhead costs. He hired an LPN instead of a registered nurse, which was really just his wife, Debbie. Oh, nice. 
and a high school student who to assist him during the procedures. Shut your mouth. It also turned out that he was not a board-certified plastic surgeon or even qualified plastic okay, surgeon. Okay, I can't fucking take this. This is fucking crazy. Isn't that insane? But, like, I guess, but then again, I say, you like, totally, wouldn't you look into it? You if wouldn't. You, no, I wouldn't have. Didn't you meet somebody for some, like... I didn't end up going. (laughs) Unfortunately, I had to have oral surgery around that same time. And so I decided not to go. See? So you wouldn't have fucking done the research. You just would have done it. 100% I would have went. (laughs) (laughs) The Erie County District Attorney's Office brought the case to the grand jury. And in January 1998, Dr. Pignatero was arrested and charged with second-degree manslaughter, criminally, criminally negligent homicide, second-degree assault, reckless endangerment, and falsifying business records. Good. That August, he accepted a plea deal, and for the charge of criminally negligent homicide, he was sentenced to six months in jail. That's it? With five years of probation. Jesus fucking Christ. According to the New I, York Times. I can't stop saying fuck. But I just can't get <laughs> I'm over- floored by this. That he only got six, six months, months in jail for killing someone. Wow. As part of the plea agreement, Dr. Pignataro can no longer practice medicine. Okay, that's- that should Obby. be, obviously. <laughs> All right. So now, after his release from jail, Anthony had trouble finding another job, which I would fucking hope so. But then Anthony started to have affairs. That's where you go wrong. And Debbie would take him back again and again and again. Come on, Debbie. Until this was the least of her problems. In 1999, Debbie started to feel ill with nausea and numbness of her limbs. She had severe pains all of all over, but the symptoms would come and go. When they were bad, she would just stay in bed all day. She started having memory loss, and she needed to use a wheelchair at times. Arsenic poisoning? Dr. Pignataro told her the answer was to have her gallbladder removed. Oh, for sure. But her doctors vetoed that plan. They said sur- surgery would have killed her in her weakened state. There was no way they would perform it. Finally, one of her doctors did a hair test and found Debbie had consumed 29,580 milligrams of arsenic. I'm so fucking smart. I know too much choo-choo crime shit. So this is where it gets a little wild. Okay, it's already if it been wild. If it wasn't wild already. So Anthony was claiming that the family of Sarah Smith, the girl that died from the breast augmentation, was the one who was poisoning Debbie to punish him. She's dead. The problem with that theory was that Sarah Smith's family moved many states away from the Pignataro family. Oh, the family was poisoning her. Right. Oh. And Debbie gave authorities permission to search their home. When they did, they found the ant killer tarot, which contained arsenic. They also found evidence that Dr. Pignataro had made the credit card purchase at the store that sold tarot. Oh. Now... There's two theories of why Dr. Pignataro tried to poison his wife. What's that? One is a jailhouse informant. He claimed that Dr. Pignataro revealed to him that he had a girlfriend and a life insurance policy on his wife. If he were to collect on it, he could start all over with this other woman. The informant said that Dr. Pignataro had asked him if he knew how to poison someone, and through phone records, it was confirmed that the two had kept in contact after Anthony was released. Uh, However. There's a different reason. So There's a different reason, and it's what is believed to be the actual reason as to why he was doing it. Lay it on me. According to the Buffalo News, 
Dr. Pignataro had slowly poisoned Debbie with arsenic and then tried to persuade doctors to perform this risky surgery on her gallbladder, which would lead to her death. If she died in surgery, then Pignataro believed his wife death his wife's death could vindicate him for the botched plastic surgery that led to Sarah's death. His apparent logic was deaths occur during surgery, they're not always the surgeon's fault. So why would it vindicate him if he didn't do the he, surgery? But he thinks like, oh, you know what I mean? Like they killed my wife. I, they didn't mean to, just like I didn't mean to kill Sarah Smith. It happens every day. Da, 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 da. It's quite the stretch. That's what I'm saying. All surgeons just make mistakes to right. fucking fixing a chick's neck with right. your coat hanger. So, in fact, it was fiendishly clever, District Attorney Frank J. J. Clark said of the plot. She could have died in surgery and they never would have tested for arsenic under ordinary circumstances. Mm. Now, this is what's so sad. Debbie Pignataro remains disabled from a condition known as peripheral neuropathy, but she no longer is in a wheelchair, but she has nerve problems that lead to pain, numbness, numbness, swelling, and tingling in various parts of her body. Poor thing. So, like, she's still not recovered yet. Dr. Anthony Pignataro ended up pleading guilty to charges related to the arsenic poisoning. Judge Mario J. Rossetti labeled the former surgeon's life a charade of misrepresentation, called him self-centered and manipulative, and said he showed disrespect for the value of human life. Rossetti gave him 15 years in prison. I still think that's not enough. I know. He has a clear history of being reckless. And and then he tries to kill, attempted murder? And like... Very plotted out attempted yeah, murder. Pre, like you and he premeditated. Like Big he time. knew what he was doing. Put a lot of effort into yeah. that. Yeah. Debbie finally divorced him. Well, about fucking time, Deb. And put an order of protection against her and also barred him from seeing their two children. Which, like, good for her. About time. However, not long after his release in 2013, Dr. Pignataro returned to the Buffalo area, changed his name to Tony Hot. And open a business called Tony Hawk Cosmetics, no LLC. Shit. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Ten times on the website, Pignataro uses the term doctor or MD to describe his new identity as Dr. Tony Hawk. Posing for photos in a white lab coat, he claims to be a renowned scientist and physician and tells potential customers that he's a retired cosmetic surgeon. The company uses the universal medical symbol as part of its logo and repeatedly says Hot researches his products in some sort of a laboratory. Wow. The website, however, does not mention the fact that Pignataro surrendered his medical license two decades ago after the state health board charged him with 30 counts of professional misconduct, including gross negligence, gross incompetence, Fraud and moral unfitness. Of course they're not. He's not going to mention that. Right? He's a fucking con artist. <laughs> it fails to inform customers that there's no doctor by the name of Tony Hot registered to practice medicine in New York State. So because of this, the Erie County District Attorney subsequently opened up a criminal investigation into his new venture, and the ex-convict convict ended up taking down his website, according to a Buffalo Station WK. WKBW story by Charlie Specht in 2017. I think that's the guy that brought down the Catholic diocese. Oh, really? I think so. He's all over the place. I did try to look up the website. I could not find it. No? No. 
Three years later, he legally changed his name to Anthony Haught and began advertising himself as an elder care provider website in 2019. R- wow. And he moved to Florida, and he's that's where he's advertising himself as an elder care provider. Authorities in Florida are aware of the former doctor and are monitoring for potential future criminal conduct. Despite his past, there's nothing illegal about him helping the elderly patients as long as he's not performing the duties of a licensed doctor. I think that's crazy. crazy. How can they, like, how could he, he's not even fit to give advice. That's so wild to me that he can just do that. And, like, when they say elder care, what does that mean? To me, that seems like medical care. Even if he's changing diapers. I don't want him touching nobody. He could be like that chick that was, like, that's what I'm saying. What was that movie called? If you guys have not seen it, it's on Netflix. It's about this woman who like goes after the elderly who have no family and he they she gets them to like sign over their assets and then puts them in like nursing homes, but they're really okay. I care a lot. I care a lot. Maybe it's that's really what good. he's doing. That's not well, that's the first thing I thought of when you said that he's moving moved to Florida to help these people. That's wild. It is wild. Isn't that whole story crazy? I can't believe that he was able to keep doing stuff even after he killed that woman. And then he gets out of jail and after 15 years and opens a new business. That's like the w- audacity of people. It, wow. He has to be. You want to know what sociopath. I will say about him? You want to know what I will say? He's got some ingenuity. He's got some entrepreneur spirit that I don't have. <laughs> I've yet to be in a jail and I've yet to have a website. <laughs> you took down your OnlyFans? <laughs> Once they got rid of porn, they're bringing it back. I know. That's do you wild. Think the, do you think the whole thing was just a, um, a ploy for publicity? I do. Really? That's what I think. Yeah. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, OnlyFans had said that they're removing pornography from their website. Because at first they said they, they were removing it because they couldn't get invest- investors. Well, they didn't fucking need investors because there were so many people on it in 2020. Yeah. So I think it was just a ploy to drive more traffic to their website because I follow a couple of those guys, a couple of guys that are on it on Instagram. And like, I remember, like, you know how you can ask questions? Yeah. Like I was scrolling through it the one day and the one guy was like, oh, I'm not worried about it. And then like like a bunch of them kept saying that. And I was like, oh, I wonder. Interesting. I wonder if they like they knew that it it wasn't going to be the case. Also, I have a question that's kind of related to this. Okay. If you could go and get plastic surgery for free, like a Brazilian butt lift or like a tummy tuck. And the only stipulation is that the doctor live streams it on either TikTok or Instagram, the entire surgery, would you do it? it without a doubt. Dr. Miami does that for Wait, reality TV stars. It was but he, free? It the, would be free? Yeah. But however, the one girl almost bled out on the table, and another girl, their butts were, they look like they're mixed with cement mixer. But they huh. keep going back to him. They're like, oh, I got to fix my butt. I'm going back to Dr. Miami. I mean, really? I love watching Botched. So good. Big fan of Botched. I love, like, did you ever see the blue girl with the big boobs? That one's a good one. <laughs> she wanted to look like um, one of the cosplay characters. Oh. And she wanted to go even bigger, and they wouldn't go bigger. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like, oh, I don't know, I would topple over. Doesn't it hurt your back? Of course it hurts your back. Ugh, no thank you. 
Anyways, isn't that a wild story? From everything from the snap-on toupee. Hilarious. It's to- <laughs> I already forgot about the snap-on toupee. Like, I need to know more. Like he couldn't, he didn't have enough money from the snap-on toupee? I should have tracked down Debbie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let us know what you think. And if you are a Buffalo listener, which about 98% of you are, let us know if you knew about this. Yeah. If you remember it happening in real time. And let us know, would you get a snap-on toupee? Would you, where would you get free plastic surgery if they live stream? Anywhere. Definitely. Let us know. You can follow me at Buff on Instagram. You can follow the podcast at It Just Makes Sense Podcast on Instagram. You can also follow us on TikTok at It Just Makes Sense Pod. Oh, perfect. You can follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Seif. Jeff Seif. One F and One Jeff. One F and Jeff. And guys, this is exciting. We're yeah. about to make a big announcement. We have a second podcast. It's kind of like a bonus episode. Yeah. Well, actually, by the time you hear this one, the other one have already been yeah. out. Yeah. Well, get excited for it. I hope you listened. It's called It Just Makes Sense Chit Chat. And we just chit chat about current events, what we're listening to, what we're loving. What we're eating. What we're eating. What we're reading. What we're reading. Yeah. Go and listen. Bye. Bye. Bye.